right, so we're uh, up in the spare room at Wellspring, uh, going through ABLE project. We're on uh, B, mm -hmm. being a blessing. Specifically, what does it look like to be a faithful presence? Yeah. To practice that. For sure, yeah. Uh, maybe start with sort of the overall arc of the scriptures yeah. and how this sort of fits. Sure, yeah. I think especially for this one, it really helps to see kind of the narrative arc of God's faithful presence to us yeah. and then how humans are to respond to that presence yeah. in light of that. So I think just right off the bat in Genesis 1 and 2, always kind of grounding it there yeah. as far as creation, sure. uh, seven-day creation cycle in chapter 1 okay. of Genesis. Again, that alludes to like temple tabernacle yeah. imagery because that... So in the ancient Near East, like they would have picked up, oh, this is temple exactly. tabernacle imagery. Yeah, yeah, which the implication of that is, is that God is dwelling in the tabernacle in the okay. temple and likewise, God is dwelling in creation, yeah. all of creation. So his okay. presence is being permeated throughout the entire cosmos at this okay. point. And so that's a key motif yeah. really in Genesis 1. And it carries over. It carries into over the yeah, garden. into the garden, right? So the Garden of Eden, you have humans. Well, Genesis 1, they're created in yeah. God's image. Yeah. And Which they're is big. To, Maybe we should go back to that. Yeah, well, so. it's important because they're called to then represent yeah. God's faithful presence in, yeah. the, in the So whole to be world. an image bearer is to represent the, premid, the, the presence of whose image you bear. Exactly, So yes. like in the ancient Near East, if you were made in the image of a king, you mm -hmm. were representing the king with what he was doing. Exactly, and the idea being like the ancient king might not physically be in like say that province, you know, 100 miles away, sure. but he might have his image or kind of the same word as idol yeah. to be representative of Correct. the presence yeah, of yeah. the king in that spot. Got and so it. humans function in this representative way yeah. in, in particular, representing God's presence. Yeah. Now in the garden, Genesis 2, humans are called to work and to keep. And that's okay. the same pairing of words, Genesis 2.15, that later gets used in the narratives of the tabernacle yeah. and later the temple. So the priests work and keep the temple. Exactly, yeah. So yeah. it's worship language, it's faithful presence language, it's yeah. vocation language. Yeah. And God's walking with them in Eden. Exactly, in the Garden of Eden. And so kind of the, the picture we get when looking at Genesis 1 and 2 is that you have humans created in God's image, called to represent God mm -hmm. in creation, and they're to represent God in, in such a way where they're depicted as living in this garden in Eden, hmm. and they're kind of commissioned to kind of expand and really carry out God's presence to the broader world, that there's more work to be done yeah. in this representative type okay. role. Now, the Obviously tragedy- we have a fall. We have a fall, Genesis yeah. 3. The tragedy here happens where, you know, they, they choose their own way, they don't yeah. trust what God has told them, and so there's this kind of exile, if you will, where they're okay. exiled or banished from the garden yeah. to the east. Yeah. And so then this becomes kind of the tension or the plot line mm. of the story where there's this rift between what God intends as far as his presence with his people yeah. and how humans experience and respond yeah. to that presence. And how they bear that image. Exactly, yeah. Where they are that faithful presence. Yeah, so now we're all made in the image of God, but that yeah. image, you know, people talk about being like a cracked mirror or yeah. sort of broken to a certain degree. And so... We're not perfectly in, in the way that God intended reflecting that image out into the broader world. Okay. You see that as the narrative continues, right. sin kind of propels and, and so on and so forth. But then what you have as the story picks up is that God calls Abraham and through Abraham and his family, they're going to be a blessing to the nations. And God yeah. is going to promise to be with this family, Abraham and his yeah. family, so as that promise mission of continues. Presence. Exactly, yes. Okay. And so really the promise of God's presence is... One of these key sort of major themes that really unites and ties the rest of the storyline of the Bible together. Okay. So when Israel ends up in slavery yeah. in Egypt and they're under oppression under the Pharaoh, God hears and responds to the cry of his people and comes mm. down 
so the he's language. present with them. Present with them to the yeah. point where when Moses and God are kind of yeah. going back and forth at the burning bush, mm-hmm. there's this really fun scene where Moses is like, well, who do I tell the people sent me? Yeah. And like, what, what's your name? Yeah. Who are you? And God doesn't really answer the question. Sure. He just responds with, I will be with you. Yeah. That's all Moses needs to yeah. know at this point. God's presence like is Moses going to be with Moses wants information him. and God's like, no, I'll be there with you. Yes. And so Moses is reminded and called to anchor himself mm-hmm. in the presence of God. Uh, later on, when they get delivered from Egypt, cross the Red Sea, yeah. they come to the foot of Mount Sinai. There's this huge debacle with the golden calf. Yeah, they mess up pretty bad. Mess up pretty bad. God's super ticked at yeah. this point. And there's this kind of comical slash funny slash kind of what in the world's going on yeah, kind yeah. of story where God says something to the effect of God or Moses, I'm just going to restart this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, these are like a stiff necked people. Yeah. I want nothing to do with them. Sure. And Moses responds and says, God, if you're not going to be with us, mm. if you're not going to stick with us, how will the rest of the nations know that you're, we belong to you? Mm. And Moses says, is it not with your going with us, with your presence, yeah. that we are distinct? Yeah. So we, the distinction of the people of God is actually connected to the presence, the presence of God. Of God. I mean, think about that with Israel. There's a bunch of things that make Israel distinct. Food yeah. laws, you know, all these different yeah. you know, moral obligations they have to do, the tabernacle, worship, sure. all that sort of stuff. But it comes down to God's, God's presence. presence. That's yeah. what makes them uh, distinct. Now... Yeah. The story keeps going on. Tabernacle, temple, again, these are all themes of yeah. God's presence dwelling with his people. And here's where we begin to see even more so when you get into the Psalms and some of that literature. Yeah. God's people responding to hmm. his presence, this desire to want to be yeah. in the temple. Psalm 27, uh, 4 says, One thing I've asked of the Lord, one thing I will seek after, is that I may dwell in the house of the Lord hmm. and gaze upon his beauty. So there's this desire of the psalmist and God's people to just be with to God. To be with in God. His presence. Exactly. And it's from that place then that they or continue on that mission to mm. bless and to represent God yeah. in the world. Now, again, the tragedy yeah. continues in this story where Israel goes into rebellion, chooses their own way, really goes after all these other gods mm-hmm. and kind of disassociates themselves with the presence of God who is all wa- wanting to be with them, and pursue yeah. them. And there's this really tragic story in Ezekiel 10 where Ezekiel has this vision of God's presence leaving the tabernacle or leaving the temple. Mm-hmm. And it's this picture where Israel's being hauled off in exile. And as a result, God is really no longer with them wow. in the same sense as he was yeah. previously. And it's really this sad tragedy yeah. you know, moment of, yeah. of the story. And so what then happens then is the prophets anticipate and look forward to the day when God would return, when Yahweh would return and dwell with his people again in yeah. Zion, in Jerusalem. And then we and get Emmanuel. Emmanuel, right? And, and so God this, with us. With us. And that's Jesus, Matthew chapter yeah. 1. Uh, John chapter 1, there's the language of Jesus. He tabernacled among us. Eugene yeah. Peterson translates yeah. that. You know, moved into the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. And so you have in the person of Jesus himself, God with his people. The mm. presence of God fully and finally kind of realized in the human, in the person yeah. of Jesus. To the point when... Post-crucifixion, post-resurrection, as he ascends or is about to ascend back yeah. to the Father, he has that beautiful, famous line of, I will be with you yeah. always. Yeah, Matthew 28. I love yeah. that because the context of it is, right, there were people that were worshiping mm. and doubting. Doubt, so you have these yeah. doubting worshipers that are with Jesus, and he says to them, I have it written here, yeah. uh, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold... I am with you always to the end of the age. Yeah. And then you get into Acts 1.8. 
and you have this idea of that the Spirit's going to come upon you, and you will be my witnesses yes. in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This sort of progressive sense of the people of God, just like in Genesis mm-hmm. 1, were meant to carry the presence of God, bear his image yes. throughout the world. That's happening totally through the church, through the presence of the Spirit, yeah. with God's people, and now they're meant to carry this faithful presence wherever they go. For sure, yeah. And that's why I love you know talking about you about the gift of the Spirit. Yeah. You know, Gordon Fee calls the Holy Spirit God's empowering presence, right? Mm. And so being a, a, a recipient of the Holy Spirit as yeah. followers of Jesus, we're now commissioned and called, just like Genesis 1 and 2, yeah. image of God, to represent God's faithful presence to the rest of the world. And yeah. so we kind of end the biblical story, though, with this full and final realization of the dwelling place of God, Revelation 22, mm. is with man, where that, that faithful presence is fully and finally yeah realized yeah. and experienced says that, right? in the new creation. Yeah, he is with us. He yes. will be with us when he makes all things totally. to dwell with us. Exactly. And so the call for us as followers of Jesus today is how might we be a faithful presence in our cultural moment? Yeah. To the God who already is, number one, faithful, yeah. faithfully present to us, but then to extend that presence and to extend yeah. that representation out into the broader world. I think one of the trickinesses for me personally, I remember when we came down to do this church plant uh, at Wellspring, it was this sense of like, how am I supposed to represent mm. God? Yeah. Right? Like, who am I? I'm a broken, broken guy sure. trying to do the best I can. It was this, it was this interesting moment where God, I think, said something to me like, Tony, like, I'm not like mistaken about mm. you. Yeah. I know your brokenness. I know your strengths. I know yeah. your weakness. And yeah, I'm sending you. Yeah. And it was this moment where I realized, oh, I can just be me. Mm-hmm. How God made me yeah. with my strengths and my weaknesses and allow that to inform the way I'm present for sure on behalf of his kingdom totally and it's interesting just even hearing you say that as far as just responding to God's call thinking like Abraham in Genesis 12 yeah and then recognizing that God is going to be with you and that Mm -hmm. God didn't make a mistake with Abraham or any of these biblical characters and God hasn't made a mistake with you yeah and to recognize that as we are attentive to God's presence in our lives we're called to then be present and witness to the presence of God to those around us yeah I'm, uh, I was reading this morning about uh, Joshua 2, mm, and yeah. Joshua you know, sends the two spies out into Jericho, and Rahab is there, mm-hmm. and God has been at work in Rahab yeah. before the spies even enter Jericho. For sure. And it's this moment of realizing today, as I was thinking about just like, man, God is at work yeah. in all these people, yeah. inside and outside the church. And the question is, are we attuned to that? For sure. Are we paying attention to the way that God is already at work, Mm -hmm. already present, and are we attuning ourselves to his presence and then bringing and bearing that presence wherever we go? Totally, yeah. And that gets at this idea of kind of even going back to Genesis 1 and 2, God being present throughout all creation. God is already working. Uh, Jesus even says something that affects the gospel of John. I'm I'm doing what the Father is already doing. Mm. And then for us to be a witness to that. And I think sometimes we, when we're talking about like, you know, witnessing to Jesus hmm. and talking about like yeah. what God is, is doing. I feel like you need like a PhD yeah, or to something be an apologetics. Totally, yeah. right? And I think we've talked about this before of the call to not be necessarily experts, mm-hmm. you know, knowledge isn't bad, but yeah. to be witnesses. Yeah. Witnesses to God's presence in my yeah. own life, witnesses to what God has already done or mm-hmm. is doing in my life, and to be, you know, we've used this phrase before, like a billboard to yeah. the a goodness of God. A living billboard. It's called Bar- Carl Bart. Bart. Yeah, totally. But it's this feeling of what does a witness do? Witness tells a story. Yeah, yeah. Witness shares a perspective. For sure. So yeah. we are called, right, as image bearers to tell the story mm-hmm. of God. Yeah. 
to tell the story of God's faithful presence to us, to us, and yeah. extend that out into the world. Totally. So, yeah. yeah. Anything you'd suggest for people as they're sort of wrestling with this? Yeah, I think for for me, and I think hopefully for a lot of us, is that especially in our fast-paced culture, hmm. it really is important to slow down yeah. our lives so that we become the kinds of people. And this bleeds into a little bit with like attend, but yeah. attending to the presence of God in our lives, yeah. slowing down, paying attention, seeing where is God already at work, like you yeah. were just saying in Joshua too. Yeah. You know, where is God already at work in the relationships, in the people, in the s- circumstances that I'm already in? Yeah. And then responding to that. Yeah. I think that's the, the, kind of the second part with that. Yeah. Asking, Spirit of God, where are you leading me? Mm. You know, what do you have for me to say or to yeah. pray or to do yeah. in that moment that's that good. would faithfully represent you? Yeah. yeah, that the goal is for us to align with God's mission in yes, the world. totally. Not to sort of campaign or start our for own. For sure, exactly. Uh, yeah. Cool. Cool. Thanks, man.